views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Author, Author's Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Author's Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. Good morning, America. Beautiful bluebird skies out there this morning. Uh, Tuesday morning, 9.05, another edition of the award-winning Authors Hour radio program on Smoker 99.9 FM and non-smoking 1380 AM since 1954 right here in the Blackstone Valley and 14 other outlets. Alexa, Apple, TuneIn Radio, Simple, Streamer, which are both free apps, and WNRI.com, plus the uh, regular AM and FM. So many ways to listen. And another way to listen that we've added on a few months back, and the traction on it is absolutely going through the roof, and that is podcasts, anchor.fm slash Wayne dash Bobber for all of our fine programming here on WNRI. And I love to have the opportunity that we have here. Association of Rhode Island Authors. Anyone can join the Association of Rhode Island Association of Authors. But you'll find that a published author and an aspiring author with a complete manuscript will benefit most from our membership. In addition, your membership fee helps support all Rhode Island's most talented writers. Benefits of being an ARA membership include networking with dozens of local published authors at our monthly meetings that are always held on the second Thursday of the month. Presentations from industry pros on a wide array of published topics, exclusive invitations to speak and conduct your presentations at libraries and other venues. Advance notice of any expos, festivals, and any other event where books are sold. A reduced table fee at the Rhode Island Authors Expo, a website link in IRA's members directory, and so much more. Check us out at www.riauthors.org. I did. Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is WayneWNRI at Yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, Johnny. And happy birthday today, fellow author from the Association of Rhode Island Authors. Uh, she's been on the uh, Authors Hour radio program three times now, and I've worked with her at many book signings. Author Joanne Mead turns 74 today, and author Laura Mack turns 49. Uh, Town Councilman Ray Trank, Republican from the town of Barville, 64 today. And on the 13th, uh, Wednesday, 7-13-22, uh, big happy birthday from her family, April Cox and Eric Brulot, turns 43 on Wednesday. Happy birthdays and PSAs, courtesy of Wayne, W1RI at Yahoo.com. And also, I can smell that coffee brewing right now. Hogan Brothers Coffee, drifting down from the Massachusetts border right here to the Blackstone Valley. And that's supplied by Book Lovers Gourmet. 
your local independent bookstore, owned and operated by Debbie Horan since 1995. And now they're located at 72 East Main Street in Webster, and the new location has worked out fantastic. She has a huge uh, section now for children, uh, puzzles, games, children's books. She has a section in the store for local poetry and local authors, and don't forget about book signings, art exhibit, poetry readings. Uh, she sets it up on beautiful days right in the big parking lot, all free parking, at Book Lovers Gourmet. And the gourmet part about it, oh my cardiologist is going to kill me, Phyllis Bakery supplies all the goodies, including a double chocolate for Roger and a maple glazed coffee roll for Jeff right there at Book Lovers Gourmet. And they're smacking their lips right now, and their cardiologist is not listening either. So it's Hogan Brothers Coffee, which is also available by the pound. All the latest books, special order, She's hooked up with everybody, all the manufacturers and publishers. And also, in my particular realm, she has a book section in there for older classics, pre-ISBN numbers. You book uh, bookies out there know what I'm talking about. And that's the first place I head to. Book Lovers Gourmet. Uh, she opens up at 10, but the coffee's brewing now. She's setting it all up. 508 508- Nine four nine six two three two. On the line right now, we are debuting a brand new book worldwide. And I believe this is going to be on the UK. It's going to be down in Tampa, St. Petersburg. It's going to be in Seattle. And proud to announce for the first time, we have Liv Arnold. On the line. She has worked as a copywriter for several global companies and now runs her own freelance business, a native of Melbourne, Australia. She lives with her husband and has spoiled dog who only eats freshly cooked meals. When Liv's not writing, she's avoiding the gym, devouring a cheese platter, or marathoning way too much TV. As massive book addict, she often reads until all hours of the night. Liv is also the author of a novella, Lore and Disorder, not to be confused with the United States TV show, and the novels Etched in Stone and the brand new book we're debuting today, Stepping Stone. Both part of her Invested in You series. She is also a regular contributor, Cosmotolin, and giving advice on sexual wellness. For more information on romance author Liv Arnold, uh, check her out on Facebook and also Instagram and Twitter and www.livarnold.com. Radio BBC, Real Fix, Ravishly, Female First. She writes or has written for all of them. I'll give you a short, short synopsis of this book. The name of the book is Stepping Stone by author Liv Arnold. Every time Jenna Kravitz, not to be confused with Tom Kravitz, the North Smithfield building inspector, sees her sex on a stick ex-husband, she still craves him like a hot dog with all the fillings. 
They were soulmates meant to grow old together. Before the freight train wreck dropped her off at Despair Station. As if it wasn't enough, she's tasked with finding her employer's hacker, which might be a colleague whipping up her innermost fantasies. Good morning, Liv. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. What a fantastic book. How did Liv Arnold locate the Authors Hour radio program over here in New England? How did that come about? Um, well, I always like uh, seeing what new books are out there, and it, it's good to check out new shows. So, yeah, so it, it, it's good. Like, I, I write um, romance, and I've noticed that um, the genres that you've presented have been thrillers or other things like that. Okay, how much did Heather, the publicist, do on this? Does she do a lot of the legwork? Yeah, she did. I'll tell you, yeah, she's... she did. So, um, she organized it. Uh, she she uh, sends me a lot of emails. And uh, we're in a position oh, okay. right now with the worldwide audience that we have that I'm really getting uh, an avalanche of new books and uh, poetry that are arriving at my door every day. And then I have to backtrack where everything comes from, you know, with the big five and uh, independent publishers and yeah. also a couple of groups yeah. that I'm a member of. Uh, our own Rhode Island group here now has 377 members and a lot of those authors are into their second, third, fourth book and they've already been on the show once with tremendous success, you know, in a 72-hour period of having a spike in sales. So everybody knows yeah. the show is working. But I'm trying to still hold on to the local flavor versus worldwide. But Deb, I mean, I mean Heather, with uh, your publicist, she hit me two or three times. Yeah. She said, you've got to move this book up to the top of the list. She says, <laughs> this is going to be big. Stepping stone. <laughs> That's not the way to do Yeah. Well, I- I've been lucky to get endorsed or blurbed by New York Times bestselling authors for the front cover of my book. It's something I wasn't expecting. So that's helped a tremendous part. They they tell me that bestsellers are made in boardrooms instead of the actual purchases. Do you agree with that? Uh, I, I think so. Like Sometimes it is all about the marketing strategy and uh, about maybe what your book can make people feel. Um, sometimes it's even just need to think of a marketing niche or, yeah, or, or something that's like really catchy for people to jump on it, I think. Now, uh, you said that this is a part of the Invested in You series. Yes. It's a continuation of the characters of Etched in Stone. How long was the Etched in Stone book out on the market to get some positive feedback to encourage you on the next book? Well, each book is a standalone book, so it's a different romance based on a different character. So um, so with Etched in Stone, I, I was getting positive reviews before release date because usually copies get sent out, um, advanced reader copies get sent out to readers for their reviews. And so I was getting some good feedback. And like a lot of authors, 
uh, everyone does get the really scathing comments as well, which I do read, even though I know, even though I know I shouldn't. But yeah, but I, I was always planning on making this a three book series. And sales wise, marketing wise, that's very creative, especially when uh, the virus uh, dissipates. Oh. I got a question for you, Australia. Uh, how is uh, Australia rebounding from the fires that you had down there? I was watching that on the worldwide uh, news the last couple of years, and you experienced yeah. fires down there like California has an annual basis. Have you recovered from that now? Yeah, I think so. So that, that actually feels like such a long time ago now, and I, I remember at that time, uh, even in the city, which isn't usual, when you walk out, there everything would be smoky and it'll be foggy, and it, yeah, it, it just wasn't usual um, in the main city area at the time. Was it that widespread? Half of the country? Yeah, it was. So yeah, so so it was everywhere. So even in Melbourne, which is where I'm from, usually the bushfires happen more in the Dandenong Ranges. But yeah, but. Even in the city area, you can see all that smoke. So, next thing I do as a naturalist, and one of my number one shows for 12 years is the outdoor scene. I'm thinking about the kangaroos and all the different wildlife <laughs> uh, must have really, and the feral cats in Australia that I've read about many, many times. That must have been a tremendous hardship on the wildlife. Yeah, well, I think people did try their best to save the wildlife and get them to, with good medical attention. So we, we did see all, all over the news that, that they were burning with the fires and people were trying hard to save them. To save them. I got an email in from John from Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, do you have your uh, seatbelt on to uh, handle a few live emails from around the world? Do I have my seat? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll try to well, give me a second to understand what you meant. John is an avid listener to the Author's Hour, and he thinks outside the box, and he's putting two and two together. And he says, your guest is from Australia. He says, it's not related to the book. He says, but I'd like to have her put something to rest. What is the gun control issue in Australia? Did you turn in all your guns at one time? In Australia, guns isn't really a thing here. So guns are actually pretty hard to own over here. So it's not really something that we had to really turn over or anything like that. Okay, so it's not a issue, not a problem uh, in Australia. No. So yeah, it's actually hard to get to own a gun here. So you have the laws in place right now to maybe alleviate yeah. the problems that are happening around the world. Thank you very much. I'm sorry yeah. to, you know, think outside the box, away from the book on that, but he is an avid, <laughs> avid listener. And uh, he says, yeah. we got a live one here from another part of the world, and he was curious about it. Now, you've worked on uh, BBC and uh, radio and Real Fix? Uh, so, it, it, I didn't so much work for them, but Real Fix gave a really good positive review, and I had a, a, a lot of really fun interviews at BBC uh, and I got to speak about my first book etched in stone and, and the meaning behind it and the inspiration behind it. Now the number two selling uh, 
places in the United States are uh, Barnes and Noble and the Amazon and uh, smaller uh, groups of bookstores. How is the uh, marketing done in uh, Australia? Do you have those two, uh, two avenues over there? We have it online, but in Australia, we don't actually have shops called Barnes. We don't actually have Amazon and Barnes and Noble where it's a physical shop where you can go into. So it has to be online. So yeah, it's about ninety percent online business on the book industry in the country of Australia. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but well, there do are that. bookstores. Yeah, yeah, like um, a lot of our bookstores, like the chains, had closed down, which. I'm not sure if it's like that for the rest of the world because a lot of people seem to be going online and to Kindle. Well, what's happened is it's fluctuating up and down here in the States, and I get a lot of emails and I'm a part of a lot of writing groups and stuff like that. And I got to stop saying stuff like that because my readers, uh, listeners keep telling me I repeat myself all the time, but I don't realize that what I'm doing it. But uh, it's coming as an upturn. And a couple of days ago, I got an interesting email on the bookstores in the United States. For some strange reason, with the COVID, I uh, had a spike where people had more time. They yeah. went down and got four or five books and had time to read and get out in nature in the parks and stuff like that. I said it again, stuff like that. But uh, I got another email saying some bookstores now in the United States are specializing a third of their store for black authors, for female authors, and they're uh, uh, breaking the stores down into groups on a larger level and ethnic groups. You know, they'll have an Asian section of something in Spanish, and that seems to no. be working, filling a void. Yeah. No, I've never seen that in bookshops here, um, sort of like a diversity section. But with books, especially my books, I try to have diverse characters and to make it more realistic in everyday life. So you're aware of that in your writing on the bigger picture? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I, I, so with my main male character, he has PTSD and mental health challenges from being in the war in Afghanistan and I got that inspiration from a friend who used to serve in Afghanistan and I think one thing is that mental health especially for men is something that people don't talk about as much because men are more likely to commit suicide compared to women and uh, with um, and, and I do like creating diverse characters like from different cultures because what we do live in a multicultural um, society and also and also have characters from the LGBTQ community because that, that is realistic in everyday life. One of the highest percentage from interviewing authors in the past and recent weeks is male, black, uh, people with mental problems keep to themselves for embarrassment and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, they end up, you know, on the wrong end of the uh, chart. It's amazing yeah. uh, what's going on worldwide. And how is Australia reacting in aid for uh, the Ukraine, uh, Ukraine war over there? Are they contributing or are they uh, on the back burner? Um, 
I've, I've heard a lot of uh, Australian charities contributing to to the Ukraine-Russia um, war where they donate to uh, kids from Ukraine that had to flee to Poland and needed somewhere to stay. So, so I've heard of a lot of that happening. So they are active in that. It's amazing uh, yeah. how that is playing out. Now, is Australia and New Zealand, that part of the world, still considered a Commonwealth of the UK? Um, I suppose so. <laughs> like, we still follow the Queen. <laughs> okay, She's so it's still coin. part of it. No, I'm thinking about, you know, with the Prime Minister resigning the other day, how that would affect with the Commonwealth and uh, the new director coming in. Yeah. Well, well um, yeah, Al, I'm not too sure if your listeners follow Australian politics, but we have so, we've had so many different Prime Ministers in the past few years. So, so, our, our, so we're sort of used to Prime Ministers coming and going. Okay. We'll stay away from that section on that because, like I say, it doesn't uh, concern part of the book. Uh, you got a yeah. report here from the New York Times, uh, Meredith Wild. Pulls on your heartstrings was her first comment on it. Uh, what uh, reaction to the book? Is that part of the first part of the book with a hook where you get something really, really mushy in the first part of the book to keep your reader's attention span? Well, so I, I was so honored to have Meredith Wild the number one New York Times bestselling author to put a quote on the cover of my book and so how it started with my book is the main male character she, he does have PTSD challenges so he's starting off in a, an illegal boxing ring just to sort of numb his pain and I've asked a lot of questions from my friend who served at Afghanistan to see what he might have experienced through PTSD so I just drew his experience from that and plus I've always had anxiety my whole life so I put some of my emotions in that as well so that happened in some of the first few scenes How large was the edit on this book? Uh, well I I tend to obsess over every single word and so I went through it so many times and so did my publisher um, I, I tend to overthink a bit so even if it's not grammatically incorrect, even when I'm correct, um, going through and proofreading it, I still think, can that word sound a bit better or a bit stronger? So I, I get a bit obsessed with all these words while I'm reading it. What market are you looking for to penetrate with this book? Well, most of my readers are from US and UK, then probably followed by Australia. Um, Majority of my readers are women, and I think the reviews that mean the most to me is sometimes I see reviews that says that reading my book, it's taken their mind off their current troubles for a few hours, and yeah, and so those are the ones that mean the most to me because it, it is about real-life challenges that people face, and it's not a complete fantasy like some other romance genres are, so people can find um, symptoms in the book or or, t um, or scenarios that they can relate to. A large part of our audience's uh, guardians and grandparents are looking for that special book for a gift for a grandchild. Is it appropriate for all yeah. ages? 
Um, maybe not for all ages. There's some explicit scenes, so maybe 18 plus. Okay, so uh, late teenagers and up? Yeah, yeah, 18 plus. Okay. So there's definitely some adult content. Adult content is included in this. I always have that email come in from uh, people looking for gifts and stuff like that. So I try to beat it and get it over and ask the author right in her own line. Would it be suitable for that yeah. all age groups and stuff like that? But uh, the name of the book is Live uh, Arnold's Stepping Stone. Uh, another book that she has out there is Etched in Stone in, in the Invested in You series. And on the novella, Lore and Disorder. Could you talk a little bit about Lore and Disorder? What's that all about? So that was a quick Enemies to Lovers romance. It's a novella. And I really like writing Enemies to Lovers because it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of banter. There's sparks flying, so it's quite fiery. And it's about um, so people that next-door neighbors. And it is... It does have sex scenes in it, so it so with each of my books where there's a sex scene, I do try to think of ways that you'll make the scene move forward and for it to have character development and for different ways. Like um, Lauren Disorder, I utilise um, furniture around the around the home just to make things interesting, and it's um, it, it's a spicy read designed for women to be able to finish on on their way to work or during a lunch break. Are you very big into poetry? I've never really written much poetry. I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm an expert in it. I, I do enjoy reading it sometimes. And also, are you the first author in your family? Yes, I, I am. Um, I, I am the first author of fiction. My brother, he he writes non-fiction, so he writes pharmacy books about passing uh, an intern exam. So passing the pharmacy oral exam. And, yeah, so it's completely different genres, and we often check over each other's work. Well, that's a nice uh, relationship on that. Uh, do you yeah. think you've encouraged other family members now to get the writing bug and everybody has a book right on the right side of their brain to get them going to? I, I think everyone has a book inside of them because we, we all have our different life experiences and and interesting facts about ourselves. I'm definitely encouraging of people that want to get into writing and encourage them to be able to do the work. It is a lot of work to finish a novel, so it's not that easy, and it's all about refining and honing your craft and learning new things. So so I am really encouraging of people. I find writing a really great outlet for mental health. Like I've been on medication for anxiety for years, but I find writing helped me a lot more than that because it helped me escape to a fictional place with characters that are made up and, and it takes my mind off things. So I think it's a good av- avenue for stress relief and to get your thoughts out there. Now, in New England and the United States, a uh, very popular way for writers is writers' groups and the libraries and stuff yeah. like that. Is that the same uh, type of thing that's happening in Australia? Yeah, yeah, there's writers groups here. Uh, I'm in a few online writers groups where it's really supportive because I think besides other authors, people don't really know what you're going through 
uh, writing a book is a very solo task. You just sit at your laptop and, and and work with your own thing. So it's not really a sociable thing. But with other authors, you can talk about what your anxieties are, what challenges you're coming across with your writing, writer's block, and yeah, and uh, other issues. Are you planning in the future as this virus uh, dissipates to do United States books hunting tour? I would love that. Um, my publisher is based in the United States, so I, I would love that once things settle down. We're looking forward to that. Maybe you can get up here in New England and we can go out and have some yeah, lobster or have some chowder yeah. and clam cakes. Oh. I don't think I you do have anything like that out in Australia, do you? Um, well, clam chowder isn't really a thing in Australia. So when I've been to America, even in New York and uh, I visited Boston for a day. It, it was a lot. It was all over there, and um, the lobster rolls. And I, I love seafood. So I wish they had it. Australia had more of it. <laughs> the invitation is out. If you're coming through New England, <laughs> uh, hook up with me, and Heather knows how to get in touch with me also. And uh, we'll go out and <laughs> dine and have a really good uh, conversation. I want to thank you very that much for like coming on the show today. In the name Thank of you. our author, uh, Liv Arnold, and the name of the book is Stepping Stone. Uh, her first book was Etched in Stone and a novella, Lore and Disorder. Are you working on anything new? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on the third book in the series. So, at the so with the Interested in You series, it's based on three women in a team that work in a company called Stone Corp, which is an investment company, and they work in a team which is in data analytics and IT, so it's, it's roles that's usually male-dominated, so each book is based on a different female and about them finding, taking ownership of their life and, and finding their own story. That sounds like a good one. Make sure I get a copy of that from the publicist okay. and we'll try to reschedule at a later date on that. That'll be great, thank you. Now, being from that part of the world, who are some of the authors uh, that influenced your writing? Well, I, I would say not necessarily in Australia that's influenced my writing. It's, it's more people that's written in similar genres to me, like Meredith Wilde and Jay Kenner and Cherry Adair, where they write women who really take charge of their sexuality. They know what they want. And they're not afraid to discuss it or bring it up. So, um, yeah, so, so I really admire them. They're, they, they're, they're pretty fearless and they're not ashamed of anything that they write. So I, I really admire them and that they encourage me to, to explore my own writing and, and be, a, be able to be more confident in myself and writing more adult or explicit themes that people might be a bit embarrassed about but we shouldn't be. Want to thank you again for calling in the Author's Hour. Thank you. Available on podcasts worldwide at anchor.fm slash Wayne dash Barber. And worldwide audience, it will be with Liv Arnold. Thank you very much for calling. Thank you, Wayne. Okay, bye-bye. That concludes the first part of the show. Uh, brought to you by the Back From Vacation. And a Tuesday special to boot, a beach blanket pizza special at Sirio's Pizzeria and Restaurant.
And that is a large cheese pizza, 15 slices, a nice rectangle pizza for the beach, uh, $7 every Tuesday at Cereal's Pizzeria and Restaurant. And also, uh, servers, they're looking for maybe one or two experienced servers. Uh, business is really picking up now as they've expanded their uh, getting back to their regular uh, breakfast business. And that's Tuesday through Friday from 7-11, Saturday 7-30 to 1, and Sunday 8 to 1 with the best breakfast in Northern Rhode Island. And also Sunday dinner for two for $23.99. Your choice of 6 to 10 entrees, including soda and coffee, including decaf, and then a homemade dessert. It's Sirio's Pizza Rama and Restaurant for a delivery, 401-568-7187. They haven't lost an order yet. And another add-on that I've noticed, uh, they have a vehicle, a truck, chafing dishes, sterno, catering. They are doing a lot of graduation parties now, retirement parties, anniversaries, pool parties. Jimmy will sit down and customize a menu for you. It would be one last thing you have to worry about. Sirio's Pizza Rama and Restaurant, 401-568-7187. Welcome back from vacation. The same scenario is for bullseye shooting supplies. Paul took some needed time off, too, probably did some uh, target shooting. And they got a few sales on a uh, 1,000 round of 9mm and two twenty three and Winchester 5.56, 56 grain at eighty nine ninety five per box. At Bullseye Shooting Supplies at 837 Park Avenue. Uh, they're open right now, 930 from uh, Tuesday through Saturday at 401-766-4409. Black powder supplies, gift certificates, uh, rifle scopes, knives, and new arrivals of, let's see, a rifle of the, the rifle shipment came in two days before they went on vacation, so they still have an ample supply. At Bullseye Shooting Supplies for over 38 years, right here on Park Avenue in one socket. I wonder, wonder who, who, who wrote the book of love. Tell me, tell me, tell me, who wrote the book of love. I've got to know the answer. Was it someone from above? I wonder, wonder who, who, who wrote the book of love.
the meaning of romance In chapter four you break up But you give me just one more chance Oh, I wonder, wonder who Who wrote the book of love Baby, baby, baby I love you, yes I do Only says the windows book of love Ours is the one that's true Wonder, wonder who Another one hit wonder all the way up to number five in 1958. AuthorsHourBookstore.com. New and slightly read books. If you heard our author interview on our Authors Hour every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we will stock it. Call Wayne, WNRI at Yahoo.com for any locator service or a closeout book. Again, it's the new AuthorsHourBookstore.com. mentioned today's show another 10 percent off our free delivery over a hundred dollars we make those arrangements and get it right to your door we have over 400 titles on the computer right now at the authorshourbookstore.com and a library of over 3,000 books so we got something for you and all genres and adding to it every day. Transportation and limousine services provided by CJ Trans of Fairbanks and all of our beautiful hairstyles with my receding hairline by the Worcester Hair Company and Little General Stores. By God, there's one in your neighborhood and what a special. KM Applewood Bacon, $5.99 a pound. Honey Ham, $6.99 a pound. And Corinne's favorite, Polish veal loaf. Roger's going to get a half a pound on the way home. Five ninety nine a pound. And you can talk about that and so much more with Recipe for a Good Day every Wednesday at 9 o'clock with Chef Gary and Jeff Gamash right here on WNRI. Exciting news on uh, ARIA, Association of Rhode Island Authors, 326. Uh, membership is really climbing. A reminder, dues and renewals. If you forgot, you got to be an active member to participate in a lot of our events. And uh, we had the nice treasurer's report and a few other things that came out of the last meeting. And our next meeting is going to be July 14th, which is this Thursday. And also, uh, we're back to having a live monthly meeting to go along with the Zoom virtual meeting. We do it both ways on that. Association of Rhode Island Authors, Shepherd of the Valley Church at 6047 Mile Road in Hope or via Zoom. Again, July 14th, starting precisely at 7 p.m. And a few things that are going to be coming up on it. On the agenda, the ARIA Academy report, Tabitha is in charge of that. Uh, we're back at the Big E this year up in Springfield. Uh, Julian and uh, Paul Carancy are in charge of that. A couple of Rhode Island authors every day in the Rhode Island building. Uh, the anthology, I believe it's our eighth anthology that's uh, all set now. And uh, Martha's in charge of that. I believe that's going to the printer and should be available for sales in September of this year. And our 10-year ARIA anniversary, Deb Zanelli's in charge of that. We're going to have a cookout. 
uh, down at Yagu area in southern Rhode Island. And uh, I think what uh, 50 members now have already signed up for that. Uh, lively literary, uh, literati uh, returns to the East Greenwich Hotel. And Guy the Wine Man is in charge of that. Rhode Island Authors Expo, our President Mike is in charge of that. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to be at the Crown Plaza or the Roads on the Patuxet, but it's always the first Saturday of December. Over 130 Rhode Island authors under one roof. Mark that on your calendar. Uh, Narragansett Brewery and the Boston Book Festival, a couple of events we got coming up with Rhode Island authors. Uh, we have a presence every Saturday at the Sitchwood Farmer's Market on a rotating basis. Uh, July 29th and 31st, we'll have some of our finest authors at the Tampa Bay Comic Con, the Fan Expo up in Boston, August 12th, the Loof Festival in Riverside, Rhode Island. Our authors really sell a lot of books on that, and even if it's raining, because people are looking for a place to get in, so they get in under the cover and buy some books while they're there. The date on that is August 13th, right on beautiful Narragansett Bay. And that's growing by leaps and bounds and being highly promoted from Rhode Island uh, Tourist Association on that, too. Exeter Fall Festival's on lineup for September 24th. And the Boston Book Festival... Uh, the date on that this year is going to be October 29th, and we will have a big presence, uh, presence at the Boston Book Festival, too. Uh, next meeting coming up in August is going to be August 11 and 7 p.m., uh, both ways on that, too. And don't forget, we still always have the GoFundMe page that just uh, generated enough money to uh, update our website revamp. And those are all completed now. And uh, we're going to be start giving classes. ARIA Academy, that Tabitha is setting up. And that, that's really going to be open to the whole country for the uh, uh, clinics we're going to be having on that. There's so many press releases here from the Big Five and what's going on in the business. And uh, we have one cancellation. We had uh, advertised on the show that we have an Exeter Public Library Local Authors Fair. That now is on hold because they're going to do that at a later date and include uh, illustrators, publishers, everybody that's in the business. They're going to really expand it. So check on the website on Exeter Rhode Island Public Library for more information on that. And that's 773 Tenrod Road in Exeter. I think they did it last year for the very first time. And uh, it's really expanded. We have a lot of correspondence during the course of the week from authors and people that have a manuscript and just ready to go to get their first book out there. A lot of people have a book right there in their brain, ready to go. With digital printing, it has made the whole industry upside down. Where before you had to make your pitch to 50, 60, 70 different publishers before somebody accepted it. And, you know, follow through that way on it. A lot of rights involved. We're now digital printing, and there's quite a few options out there besides the big two. There's another hundred after that that'll print on demand and do a lot of things for you. 
But one of the big questions is, what is the percentage or what is the average percentage to get my book in a bookstore for them to sell? I mean, they're supplying the brick and mortar. We're supplying the book. Well, most of the bookstores that I do business with work a formula 60-40. You get 60% of the selling price and they keep 40 for the cost of doing it. Now, other stores also have an administrative fee per title. $25 is common in the industry now. That goes into a separate kitty with a separate contract. The store agrees to stock your book uh, for maybe a one-year period. Uh, you give them on consignment three to five copies, and they give you the shelf space. So uh, don't be under the illusion you get one book, you get it out there, you can quit your day job and retire on the royalties of that book. The odds of that happening are a lot higher than it would in a Powerball. That's all I can say. The odds are not very good in your favor. You have to put your work into it marketing-wise, just like any other field or endeavor that you try. It's what you put into it. Get three, four, five books out there. If you're really good and they buy the first one, they're going to want more of what you write in your style of writing or your genre. And it's a ripple effect that just keeps going and going. So you've got a fee to get it filed with your bookstore. You've got to come up with three to five copies so they have some inventory. And you've got to get it on their space. And at the end of the year, the bookstore has the option, well, we did sell some of your copies, so we'd like to continue it or get them out and give me some new uh, material that you've written. Okay? So that's usually how that works on that. Uh, other ones, it's 90-day consignment, September through no November. You know, because you're competing with only X amount of floor space and, you know, book space on the shelves. Other ones, if you're an association member, there's other perks where there's no fee involved. They're just glad to have local author section. I've been into Connecticut stores that feature Connecticut writers. And then I've been into mass stores, Massachusetts local authors. They have uh, another a bookstore that I frequent a lot has a poetry section. And there's no fee, no nothing. They're looking for local poets because that's one of the things that that particular store really highlights and knows. So they're going to give the shelf space to products that they know about and that their customers, they have the customer base to move the stuff to pay the bills. So each store has their own unique setup on that, but there's very, very few that are absolutely free. And that's one of the biggest problems with all the authors in our industry is the marketing part. And, you know, Amazon will give you a lot of publicity and stuff once you hit 50 positive reviews. But that is tough to get, no matter what the book is. And realize there's 2 million books put onto the market every year. 
It had a spike about three years ago. It went from 900,000 different titles to 2 million are coming on the market. And you're trying to penetrate the shelf space in the stores to sell that. And uh, another thing that's done, uh, you you might laugh at it, but I got a friend that uh, specializes in nature books and historical books. And he's sold 90,000 books and he controls the distribution. Uh, Eight or nine stores and libraries and historical groups in his area. And a lot of them are numbered, limited pieces, which gets the value of them up. So he'll come up with an idea for a book. And he says, okay, I'm going to make 200 copies of this. They're all going to be numbered. And that will increase the value if it's a quality book. You can always do a second printing, a third period. But your collectors want to get that first round and with a low number. That's how it works on your auctions and stuff like that. I always keep saying that. Same term, stuff like that. I apologize. It's just part of my uh, vocabulary. So expect to pay a fee, you know, to get it into a store. Or another way of doing it is agree for a book signing. And then do a book signing just in your networking with your Facebook and your email list. And I hope you are accumulating an email list to send out notices to for future uh, sales. Uh, One of our top marketing people in the Woonsocket area on Romance Books has 500 pre-sold of anything she writes before it even gets out there. That's how good she is at marketing. You know, but she came from the marketing field on that, and she's taken it to another level. And for a writer that started at 55 years old and now has over 35 books out there, she really knows what she's doing, and she's a great writer, too. A good friend. How to determine the value of your vintage book. That's probably the second or third most popular email that we get on the author's hour. And there's many ways on that. A Rare Book Hub is a fee website that has a record of every book that's been to auction, the selling price, what it actually got as the final buying price, the selling price, on everything from 1888 to date. So if you think you've got a real rare gem, or if you're going to go in the business, you know, the thrift stores, the yard sales, and you think you're going to do a little part-time job, some uh, peanut butter and jelly money, moonlighting on rare books. Uh, Once you get away from the ISBN numbers on the second page of your book, you've got to do your homework on that. Add All is another good source. Abe Books is another good source. There's a half a dozen that I really look at good. Uh, Be careful on eBay and Amazon. Those are asking prices, not the final price of what it's sold for. You know, uh, they might put on buy now, uh, $2,000. But what did they actually sell the book for? Somebody came back with a counteroffer and 
paid $700 for the book. I like the final results on books or any other item that I'm working on uh, Craigslist or eBay or Amazon. What was the final cost that the consumer paid for it? That's what I'm concerned about. Not American Pickers, oh, I think I can get $2,000 for that. I think, I think, or I saw it posted for that. You can post anything at any price. What did it actually sell for? That's the most important thing. And don't be discouraged either. You get your book out there. You go with KDP, a division of Amazon. And then all of a sudden, I wanted to get $20 for that book. It's on the back cover. And Amazon is selling that book right now for $12.47. That's part of their formula on marketing. They, they know what they're doing. They're the experts in it. So, um, you know, and then also, if you put the book in a consignment in a bookstore, and uh, they may lower having a monthly book sale, and your book may be part of it. So your 60-40 is not going to be on your suggested selling price. It's going to be for what it actually sold for, too. And that's explained to you probably in that contract to start. A lot of times, the prices really get whittled down. Alibris, A-L-I-B-R-I-S, is another good source. Bookfinder is another good source. A Vialbrick, V-I-A-L-I-B-R-I, is another good source for pricing older books. World of Books is another, historical.ha.com. Uh, like I say, I'm a member of rarebookshub.com, and that's $18.98 today, but that's not cheap. That's with a fee. You can go on, I think, for 30 days uh, to see what it's all about, and then they send you a bill. And be careful on that because you've got to put the no at the end of the 30 days. Otherwise, you're automatically uh, charged for that. Uh, the Aria Anthologies. In 2016, I started off with Shoreline. I'm in selections in 2018. And I'm in another one, too. Last year's was the most uh, popular one. The Green was the name of it. 2021 Aria Anthology. The name of it is Green. I've got to get a bunch of more copies for that, too. Uh, on anthologies, I find that when people start buying anthologies, they want to buy the newest anthology of that group. Because they like the short story chapter books. Like that for the uh, uh, bedposts and nightstands. You know, one short story by 30 different authors in one book. That seems to be very, very popular now. Poetry and short stories is the real hot market. Talking about poetry. I got one here by Karen Warinsky. Some nights. There are always ways to survive it. Small town life. It required shoe leather. Empty basements with record players and a couch. Boone's Farm, a six-pack, some smokes. John, Linda, Bob, James to sing us what was true. It required thermosis full of slow gin fizz. Shrimp baskets from Robert's Drive-In. Monty Python at 10 p.m. on Sundays. And the Carnival Every June part-time jobs. Some nights by Karen Wierinski, one of my favorite, Golden Autumn. 
uh, books from a local poetry person. She heads up a nice group, too, uh, Rosalind Cottage and the uh, Bon over on Route 16 in Uxbridge. Uh, they assemble four to six uh, local poets and have a nice reading. Thank you very much today. And we had a real good one, author Liv Arnold. The name of the book was Stepping Stone. And we'll be back on the air at uh, one of our future shows. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you to our fine sponsors, guests, and emailers at waynewnri at yahoo.com and for tuning in to the Author's Hour. Remember to shop locally and to read a book. And tomorrow, please have the best day of your life. Your host, Wayne G. Barber.